Hi everyone and welcome. This episode is going to be a little different in that we aren't bringing you our latest Men's Link Midweeker speaker. Instead, we're going to share an episode from another podcast called Viking Talks, hosted by Bjarne Krag, who is Danish, a true Viking, and that's because recently Mark Waddy, Men's Link's Education Program Manager, sat down with Bjarne to discuss the work Men's Link does for young men in the Canberra community. And the reason we wanted to share it is because it is a really great chat and it provides some great stories and insights into our work and the impact that it has. In it, Bjarne and Mark talk about Men's Link's Pride Program. So we just wanted to let you know that we've rebranded our Pride Program as Tribe, which stands for Trust, Resilience, Independence, Bravery, and Empathy. Plus, we also have a new program for 2024 called Unplugged. Now, we won't steal Biana and Mark's thunder, and we'll let them talk about it during the show, but we will mention it again during the close and provide some more information for you. As we said, we are sharing this episode of Viking Talks, which is a great podcast whose general theme is wellness. Biana's goal is to increase public knowledge related to wellness so that everyone can live longer and happier lives, and it covers some really great topics, and so we'd encourage you to check it out. And you can find it on the Southside Physio website at southsidephysio.com.au or search for Viking Talks in your favourite podcast app. We'd encourage you to have a listen and support Biana's work and show because not only is it a great initiative, but Biana is such an amazing supporter of Men's Link, and that helps us make an impact in the Canberra community. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Here's Biana and Mark. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Viking Talks, the podcast where we talk about anything that has to do with wellness. My name is Bjarne Krak, and um, I have the great honor today to welcome into the studio Mark Wadey from Menslink. He is the education manager for Menslink, and today we'll be talking a lot about mental health in boys and also in men and what can we do to improve it. Instead of me really saying a whole heap about who Mark is, I think it would be a good idea if we welcome Mark into the studio and ask him, welcome Mark and who are you really? (laughs) Thanks very much, Bianca. Thanks for having me in today and good to see you again, mate. Who am I? That's a big question. It used to shape um, who I was when I was younger. I always used to try and define myself by my profession and it was really important and I, I thought it was really important. But halfway through my 30s, I began to realise what was really important to me was something totally different, and that was uh, who I am as a person, who I am as a, as a man. I started to redefine who I was by just going, I'm a dad. That's my number one role, something that I take, um, take very seriously. And, yeah, I, I'm a dad that's, you know, really trying to live with purpose and mission that sort of changed things for me, thinking about myself as a, as a father and who I was as a man. And as I was doing various jobs to support the family, that was really important to me. So, so to be a, a provider, it's always been a part of me that's always been around mission about service. Mm-hmm. So that led me down a track about 18 years ago of getting heavily involved in men's rights of passage programs. And it was really through my own journey on those rites of passage programs where I began to get involved with men's groups. And that was up in Bellingen, up in northern New South Wales. And I, I got to meet some really incredible men who ended up being double uncles to me, mentors, mm-hmm. who gave me the space to really uh, unpack. So you know, how old are you at that stage? Uh, about 33, 34. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. men who helped you are? 
How old are they? Older? They're about 50, yeah. 60. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them were local men up there so, and, and some were um, First Nations men, mm-hmm. elders, Uncle Larry, Uncle Tommy, who mm-hmm. lived up there in Gumbanga country. And I had the real privilege of um, sitting in men's circles with those men, mm-hmm. uh, which taught me a lot about this missing link for so many men in our lives and boys. Mm-hmm. And as I went on my own journey, I learned so much and I thought, wow, if every man could learn what I've been learning, then I think we'd have a lot less suffering in the world. Mm-hmm. So even though I was always working at other jobs, on the side I had this insatiable desire to help men. So mm-hmm. it led me down the road of coaching men, running mm-hmm. men's groups. Mm-hmm. And I came to Canberra and helped set up a men's group here. And then it sort of kept leading me into um, to further work, which always was that side hustle. Of, um, but, yeah, it's something I couldn't shake. I ended up writing a book on rites of passage, um, How a Boy Becomes a Man. From there, I was able to bring programs into Australia, evidence-based programs. One was called Coaching Boys into Men. Another one, Live Respect. And I started running programs to help people of influence. So really running programs for mentors. Mm -hmm. So it's sports coaches, teachers, youth workers. Because that's all I had the time for, but I saw that of having the greatest um, impact in our society. Teaching teachers. Teaching teachers, teachers, yeah. Teaching coaches. Because I go, if you're a person of influence and business leaders as well, running a program called Braving Leadership. So it's like you have a group of people. They are coming in. They're part of your team, your mob. We've Mm. got an incredible opportunity. Yes, while we're trying to get productivity up and get things done, we've got a real chance to create Mm. a family a place of belonging, a place where we can share that, hey, you know, we do have struggles in our lives. How can we have deeper conversations with each other? How can we start to hold each other to account? So I always, when I'm driving past like a sports ground and see teams everywhere, I go, whoa, imagine if every coach was having that chat with their team, talking about, you know, issues of what are your values? What are the choices you're making? Step up into responsibility. Hold each other to account on sort of the way you talk about women, about homophobia, racism, just sort of stepping into that spot, not having to be massive conversations, but just bringing it in. So, you know, you're getting a different feel in these teams. Yes, showing how it's meant to be done. Yeah, that's right. So from there, um, it led me down the road of getting into training facilitation through my work. So ended up at Lifeline and I was running corporate programs there as a corporate trainer and running programs for the AFP, Border Force, um, big government departments, which was fantastic. Then an opening came up at Men's Link and it was like the perfect fit. I was like, I've been training for this my whole life. And I go, wow, it's not my side hustle anymore. I'm here. And that was about two and a half years ago. And, you know, I've been in contact with Marty Mm -hmm. over the years. When I first came back to Canberra, he just started off as CEO. We've always been in touch with each other. He was still CEO when I started. And we went, finally, we're ready to go. So I've been able to bring my experience, my passion Mm -hmm. to the team, which have always been doing an incredible job over the last 20 years. And now I'm I'm really proud member of that team and really excited about what we're doing and what we're going to do in the future. That's so good. That gives you, yeah, that's that's who I am. That's the journey that you've been living. That's the journey, yeah. You mentioned a little bit the mentors. Just 
who were they? Who was who were your mentors in your life? So I mentioned those men up in Bellingen. Mm. Um, if I go back to when I was younger, and I talk to the boys about this because we, when we we're doing the training programs in schools, we reflect on who are those people that have a positive influence on us, or who are those around us that we respect, we admire, they inspire us, and encourage them to reach out to them. Um, but one that stands out for me is my grandfather Jack Wadey, who came to Canberra. He started up the Apex Club. He was best mates with the guy that started Lifeline, and he actually was instrumental in bringing All Saints Church to Canberra. Mm. So he's a man of service. Mm. He was a man that grew up in an alcoholic abusive household, and he grew up that. And I saw him, and I was watching him um, the whole time without realising it, but he was a man that drew a line in the sand and said, that's not going to be me. So he never drank a drop of alcohol really in his life. And for me, the biggest thing that stood out for me that I took on and I try and live by, I don't get there every time, because he never said a bad word about anyone. Now, this is a man that was in the commandos in Papua New Guinea fighting in the Second World War. He got shot in the arm. He saw some really horrific things. Whether it be the neighbour who was complaining or someone in his family, he never said a bad word about anyone, um, which I really admire. And just that him making a change in himself and choosing the man he wanted to be and be a man of service um, had this incredible flow-on effect on our whole family. So my dad and my aunties, and you look down in all their families, the values and the, you know, the way those people live their lives is a direct correlation to that one man in my eyes and in my judgment. That's your lived experience. So um, he was a mentor by showing you the way that's rather right. than sitting down and having a yarn. Yeah, that's right. So like he was in my life as someone that cared about me, had my back, never trying to fix me. Um, he had a bowl next in his kitchen with all my business cards of all my wacky business ideas I've had over the years, but he never judged me. Whether I've been in and out of relationships, struggling to find my way, he was just always there. Like yeah. a true grandfather. Yeah, that's right. So he had that real elder energy and that um, mentor role without it actually being organised. I look at the boys around us and I think there are mentors around, but it may not be organised. It's um, And some of us are really lucky to have someone that's just there, yeah. someone that cares about us. But I think as a society where we can really um, pick things up is to reach down a bit more as men and women to look for people who are looking up to us. I see that's something you do really well in your Thank life, you. mate. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, I do. I'm very lucky. I have lots of wonderful mentors in my life. Yeah. So it's awesome and been very important in my life. But it's, today it's about you. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should just go back to one step and say, just make sure everyone knows what Men's Link actually is. Yes. And what, what does Men's Link do? So just. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's quite interesting. When I started at Men's Link, all my friends knew what Men's Link was. And I go, what do we actually do? And they go, well, men's mental health. And I go, how? And they go, uh, not sure. Mm-hmm. You've been to the breakfast. So it's something that we're really um, promoting and we want to get out with this podcast, but also with the Great Walk is yeah. just to let people know the wonderful services that we mm-hmm. provide in the yeah. community. So Men's Link's a Canberra-based charity, started over 20 years ago, and it started um, out of the need of recognising that there were too many boys growing up without a dad in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the States, the statistics is 50% of boys grow up without their biological father in wow. the house. 
And recognising this, some good men back then said, well, why don't we set up a mentoring program for them? It started with a couple of mentors, which really is the cornerstone of what we do of helping these young boys. So we've got a two-year mentoring program that's really flourishing at the moment. So boys that don't have a dad in their life, 10 to 16, um, we provide them with a mentor Mm -hmm. um, who's a volunteer from the community who gives up two hours every two weeks of their time to just be there for the young fella, Mm -hmm. not to fix them, not to make them a trophy. It's just there about showing up and caring, just Mm -hmm. show up and commit to that young fella. Now, we spend a lot of time and effort as a team at Men's Link making sure that all work, that comes together and works as best as it can. Because as you can imagine, a lot of these young fellas have had a tough time. Mm. They've been let down time mm. and time again. And we want to make sure that we get this right. So there's a lot of time and effort goes into that. Training the mentors. Yeah, again. we train the mentors yeah. Yeah, and interview them and vet them, them yeah. and get the right ones. Continually check in. Mm. Are you committed? Mm. So after that training, yeah, they go on their two-year journey. At Benzink, we provide activities for all the boys and mentors to engage in, Mm -hmm. uh, but they also spend time just one-on-one. And we're continually checking in with the mentor, the boy, and the mums just to make sure that's ticking over in the right way. Mm -hmm. The other um, thing that we're really proud of doing is being able to provide free counselling for boys 10 to 25 Mm -hmm. in Canberra. I continually hear people going, oh, my son's struggling. I don't know what to do with him. You can't get in to see anyone for six months, but just want to bust that myth, give us a call because you can usually get in within a couple of weeks and you don't need a doctor referral and you can come as many times as you like. Mm. And our five counsellors are incredible. They only talk to young fellas. That's what their skill is, their profession, and they'll talk about trying to get a job to um, how to have a difficult conversation with the teacher how to get through a really tough time. Um, They build trust with the young fellas and they're really good at listening. And often, a lot of the time, we just need someone that will listen to us. Mm -hmm. And when we have someone that truly listens, it's amazing what comes out and what we can uncover about ourselves. So that's the counselling side. And the the bit that I'm involved in is the education side, the education programs. Mm -hmm. We go into schools from years five to year 12 and we talk to the boys all around Canberra and out in Queanbeyan as well. We've got two programs, which is Silence is Deadly. It's not weak to speak. So these boys typically in their school life will hear that same talk about two, three times in their life. And it's a repeated message that we, I think we could all get better at is that it's not weak to speak. It mm. takes courage. Um, these boys start to realise that the boy next to them has got the same stuff going on and that it's okay to seek help. It's like we're okay to go to the doctor, we're okay to go to the dentist, but how likely are we to get a checkup from the neck up? So we get them normalising that. And our councillors will come out and talk at some of those events too. But just getting those boys to start to take responsibility as well for their own mental health. Responsibility to put up their hand to Mm -hmm. say, hey, I'm struggling. Responsibility to check in on a mate. When you've got all the mates in the room and they've had this conversation, it doesn't, it's not so weird to go, hey, mate, you're not yourself. Are you okay? And to let the boys know that, hey, I don't have to fix you. I don't know how to fix you, but I care about you. And let's go get the support that you need. And we also push forward that, hey, you know, you're the expert of yourself. The only person you can change is me. The only person I should try and change is me. So they start to go, oh, what do I need to keep well? Maybe I need to go kick the footy with my mate at the Savo instead of playing Fortnite. Maybe I need to put my phone down at nine instead of one in the morning. And these boys really respond well to that, of being invited into responsibility. Everything's an invitation. 
That's it's, so nice. And so, yeah. and the the results of the programs have they been measured? Yeah, they have. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'll get. I'll just tell you about the Pride program, yeah. and then I'll tell you about some of the results. Yeah. So the Pride program is an eight week program. Um, and that's all about helping young fellas become better blokes, recognising that they're all in the same boat, that they're wanting to bust out of this cage, let me free, I want to be independent. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone's telling him how to act, how to behave, how to dress, have a shower, turn your phone off, take your lunch, here's everything. And we really take them through a transformative process, which is missing for many boys, into stepping into responsibility. This also happens at schools? This is at schools, schools. and it's one hour every week for eight weeks, week two to week nine. Um, and it's been really exciting to see what's happening in these schools where these boys are coming in, jostling each other around, bad behaviour to by the end of it, in tears, hugging each other mm-hmm. and really making a difference in the schoolyard and at home stepping into their values, looking at their choices, really deconstructing what it is to be a man and constructing who they want to be. That's so cool. Yeah. What's their line in the sand? As far as, as with results with that, we've been really doing some good survey data on that. So some of the results we've seen is, I'll just read a couple of them out. How confident are you in understanding your values at the end of the program? What's important to you? Um, primary school, 97%. High school, 100%. Wow. Um, how confident are you in understanding your feelings? Primary school, 95%. High school, 78%. How confident are you with your body image? Primary school, 82%. High school, 80, 89%. Now, that's a massive one. That is a huge. Because we talk about that and they all, people, it's amazing. One boy shares in that group and they all start to share. My nose is too big. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. I'm trying to look this way and we all go, it's okay, fellas. Um, The other one is how confident are you about keeping your promises? So this is a big one that we talk about and right from the word go, I'm making agreements. Well, the trainers, we're making agreements with the boys and they start holding each other to account. And it's like building a muscle. And this is the big, the really big one, accountability. It's your choice. Mm. And once you start to do that, the world starts to treat you differently. Yeah. It's like a key to the to lock on that cage. So we've seen primary school 90% and high school 100%. Can't be true, 100%. Fantastic. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, we've got all sorts of um, wonderful comments from the boys and from the teaching staff. I think like each, each time, like Dave and I, the main presenters, we're training up Will, another teammate as well, to deliver it. We come back every session just going, oh, my God, you should have seen what happened. Or we may have a really lousy session with behave is terrible, but it's a learning experience and the boys come back. Like Dave had one where they're really disrespectful. He almost had to cancel it. They just went off the rails. It was a primary school. Mm-hmm. Next week they'd all written a letter to him about saying sorry how disrespectful they've been. Yeah. And that's part of the program. We get them to start owning their behaviours. We go, what's, what's that turning point for you? Who do you need to say sorry to? The other one is as well, reaching out and letting those mentors in your life, like your father, your grandfather, a teacher, let them know how much you, you, respect, <coughs> you respect them, admire them. And while you still can, while they're still around. Yeah, mm. that's right. Such an important exercise to do. Yeah. Mm. And also, so with the silence is deadly and the pride, what we find is the boys a lot of the time will come out and just share stuff that they've got locked away, mm-hmm. those things that can hang around your whole life. And as presenters, we go in and we share what that's been for us. And it can be quite confronting for mm. them. 
But, you know, um, one boy in the first session in the pride at, um, at one of the primary schools, he just said, oh, I said, what's going on? You, you want to share something? And we do this in a, in a reflective learning circle. So mm-hmm. we're all sitting there, we're using a talking stick, so they feel heard, they feel valued. And he just goes, I just want to share something I've never shared with anyone in my life, and it's hurting. Oh, what is it? And he goes, the last words I said to my dad is, I hate you. Oh. And I've never told anyone. I feel so ashamed. <laughs> he started bawling. Some other boys started crying. They got around him. They like hugging him. And he came. I, had it. I checked in with him at the end. I go, mate, are you all right? That was, took such courage. And he goes, I'm just so glad I said it now, not when I'm 60. And I went, whoa. What an insight. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. What a story. Yeah. So, um, so that's, that's the kind of work you do. Yeah. And that's- like as far as the numbers with where we're going with the education stuff, we're, we're looking at getting to one in two boys in Canberra. That is fantastic. And if you think about the ripple effect of each one of those boys, not all of them are going to you know, have this massive transformation, but they're, it's, it's building. They're having different conversations um, in the playground at home. So I really want to hear your story that I stopped you telling before. Oh, about mentors. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like um, this is about, this really can sum up what we're doing at Men's Link um, around the importance of mentors for young boys. Mm-hmm. Um, so the story starts way back. No. <laughs> um, so we're in Africa. There's a couple of neighbouring national parks, and one of them is Pialensburg National Park. And there was an oversupply of elephants there. For the sustainability of the park, they're going, look, We've got to do something about this. These guys are breeding way too well and they're, you know, it's, it's not able to, to go on. So, yeah, well, what are we going to do? It's like when we're in Canberra, what happens with the kangaroos? They have to cull them mm-hmm. and that's what they're looking at. They said, surely there's another way mm-hmm. of something that we can do here. So they went, oh, I wonder if we could take some more over in Kruger National Park, which is neighbouring, and there's a mountain range, very hard to get to, but they go, if we could get them there, they could take them easily. Why don't we move them with a helicopter? Because I think they used to use helicopters to move them around when they needed to get them to a vet or animals. They could transport animals. Mm-hmm. So they had a harness, put the elephants in, and through the sky like Dumbo, across they go, woo, and over they go. And they relocated them. The only problem was the helicopter and the harness weren't big enough to take the bull elephants. You ever seen a bull elephant? Yeah, they're big. They're massive. Yeah. So these big grandfather, uncle elephants got left behind. So over in Kruger National Park, about a month or two later, they started to see some things going horribly wrong in the park. They were finding animals murdered. So rhinos, zebras and other animals, they went, what is going on? And they knew they weren't poachers because their body parts were still intact. So the rhinos still had their horns on. They're going, wow, what's, what's going on? So they put some cameras up. And what they saw was these young male elephants, the teenage elephants, as their testosterone was surging through as they were growing, just for sending him into this, it's called a must, where mm-hmm. they just start headbutting each other, literally. They just want physical contact. Yeah. They want to rumble. So they start attacking each other, attacking tourists and attacking other animals and killing them. Um, so they're just running amok. Mm. And they went, whoa, I wonder if this is because there's no bull elephants around. All right, bigger helicopter, bigger harness. Mm. Brought a couple of bull elephants in, put them with, with the mob. Within a week, the behaviour stopped. So for me, that just clearly illustrates the importance of having those positive role models around. Those people around that are there, caring, Mm. making boys be seen, feel valued, feel safe, that they care about them. 
and for them to just help guide and and they're watching and so regardless of how good things are going on at home young teenage boys are at that stage where they're looking for uncle figures so some of us are very lucky to have an incredible teacher in our lives or, or a sports coach or a family member um, even better and we can all as a society go a step further and go hey I want to be there for you more. I want to ring you up and check in how you're going. And I still can get better at that, but I think we can all do that. And that's why my previous work was always around inspiring coaches to step into that role by giving them that experience mm. of going, oh, this really is important. Because mm. I always ask people, who's your mentor and who are you mentoring? And I used to get in trouble when I say that to my daughter when she's like only 12. <laughs> she goes, shut up, Dad. And I'm going, no, but seriously, like, there's people looking at you. And the boys in the schools that we're working at really resonate with that well. So these p- groups going through the Pride, it used yeah. to be a, bo- a program for naughty boys. Now it's a, it's a program, an invitation to boys of influence within their peer groups. They may not necessarily be the leaders of the school, but they're influential. They're invited in and they're really stepping into it. So much so that we've got guys who are now running check-in circles as year nine boys for the year sevens. That's beautiful. And watching that, I step back and go, yes, job's done. And you just see just a little tap on the back from a year nine or year seven, the year seven's going, <gasps> and they start to realise how terrifying it is growing up, <laughs> you know, and that we're all wearing a mask and they get that. So that really yeah, highlights very, the need for that. Very cool. Um, and we could talk a little bit about the cost to go to Men's Link and where they get the money from. Yeah, well, it costs you. Nothing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's it's a free service, but it's not free for us to put on. It costs us a lot of cash. The programs to to put a boy through the mentoring program, I think, it's a couple of thousand dollars. Um, our education programs, there's yeah, we've got staff, we've got offices to to look after. We've got new programs that we're developing as well. We've been so blessed to have such strong support from the local community and that's the majority of our money comes from sponsorships Mm -hmm. and from donations, which people like yourself, Bianca, who have been so generous with your time, creating this great walk, um, coming up with the, the initial idea. And as you said the other day when we did the small walk for the great walk, that it's it's come up to a million bucks over three years. Hopefully. Hopefully, Hopefully it will. Come yeah, on. It will. Come on. That's the vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Um, but it, it is really important. Yeah. That's We are a charity. We get some money from the government to help out with our counselling and with the mentoring program, but it doesn't cover it all. Um, so we're really looking at wanting to take it to the next level so we can get to those one in two boys. And we can provide a richer experience for them in the classroom, like what we're seeing with the Pride program at the moment. And we've got another one coming up called Unplugged, which is conscious choice of social media and online choice. It's like fighting the war for our attention and, and stepping in the responsibility of that. So that's the next little thing in the incubator. And also another program we're running out at Bimbury at the Youth Detention Centre. Okay. So I ran a little pilot out there yeah. last term. Incredible. So we're looking for funding for that too. So. Yeah. So maybe I should talk a little bit about what the Great Walk is since you mentioned it um, and why we are fundraising for that because the Great Walk was really something that Marty, the former CEO, and Martin Fisk and me came up with the idea of walking around Canberra. And what we are doing is there's 30 um, leaders, local leaders um, from all sorts of different businesses, public and private, walking the Centenary Trial. And all of us have 
a goal of uh, fundraising $10,000 each. And all the money goes to Men's Link. And the whole walk is also heavily sponsored, especially by Geocon, who gives us free accommodation. And we have local businesses uh, helping, um, paying for costs of like the food for the 30 people while we're walking. And uh, again, really, it's another opportunity to spread the word of Men's Link because in the evenings we hear about the wonderful work that is done at Men's Link. And every person who's at the walk then feels and knows exactly why they walk. And really, the walk is, is hard. We walk 142 kilometers over five days. And it's really, really physically hard. But it's also mentally hard. And that was part of what Marty and I wanted. We wanted to challenge the people on the walk to try and feel a little bit of that breaking point. That's only a fraction of what goes on in a young boy or a young man who's struggling in life and then thinking about that and talking about that. And what we've seen, this is now the third year that we'll be walking, but what we've seen in the two years is that during the walk, we have these deep and meaningful chats and really are doing a lot of the kind of discussions that you are doing in your work, in your program. Anyway, that was a little bit about Mensling's walk, which we call the Great Walk. And um, I will put a link on the bottom if you would like to sponsor anyone. Uh, there'll be two links. There'll be one for Men's Link alone, and then there'll be one for my uh, fundraising uh, uh, link. And Bjarne, the brilliance of what you've come up with over the last three years, I think, is um, really aligned with what's been driving me is working with leaders. It's calling in them in to, to learn, to go through their own challenges, and then to take that back to their people with exactly. a deeper understanding of what they can do to help support their people, support themselves. Really crucial. We spend so much time at work mm-hmm. um, and people are always moving from workplace to workplace. We can create a work environment where they feel safe, where it's, it's got a, a check-in culture and it has a culture where people hold each other to account to be the best that they can be to, for self-improvement. I think that's just that's, brilliant for our community that is. that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, because their impact, their ripple effect throughout their organisations is massive because they're people of influence and people are watching them. Exactly. Yeah. I fully agree. Now, maybe one of my last questions is, what qualities do you think is important that we teach men or young men? What is really, you've talked a lot about accountability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and the, the big thing that I talk to our trainers about is that we're not there to teach. We're there to invite, uh, uh, awaken, crack point. open, inspire, that these boys do have a choice, mm. that they do have um, this chance to yeah, step into accountability. That's one. Mm. How they can be better listeners. Um, they learn that skill, the mm. art of seeking to understand mm-hmm. and then be understood and how that can be the greatest gift. They, they do learn that everyone has their struggle. And that's probably one of the most fundamental things that they learn, that everyone has a struggle, so be kind. And there's one thing that really brings that home is that I give all the boys a picture of a mask and it sits on a piece of paper and we talk about that. We say, what's going on behind the scenes? You know, we show the world one thing and masks do service. And so the boys will write down what's on their mask like the courage that's taken them to go into school. Yeah, I'm, I'm positive. I'm the tough guy. I'm the funny guy. Do I've they write my, that on the front? Yeah, of the they mask. write it on the front. Yeah. Um, I've got my act together. Um, I'm cool. 
oh, I'm a bit nerdy or, you know, I'm an intellect, whatever it is. Do they write anything on the inside of the mask? Yeah, on the back side of the mask, I go, what's the stuff you don't show people? Oh, beautiful. And I've done this with CEOs, I've done this with the homeless, now with these young boys, and there's always teachers in the room Mm -hmm. where we all fill it out, I fill it out, and on the back side, yeah, at times I'm lonely. I feel like a fraud. I'm faking it. I'm really anxious some days. Mm -hmm. Some days I feel really depressed. Um, I'm really sad. And we scrunch them up. And we just chuck them at each other, have a bit of fun. But then we sit down and we pass the talking stick around and everyone reads it out. And then it's that moment everyone goes, right, I'm seeing this differently. So much so if there was one boy at, I won't say school, but one of our tougher schools, and he was the tough guy. He had a big mullet. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, yeah, I'll get, I'll get suspended a lot. And he's going to show me all his cards. And I, I said, right, so at the end of this session, I invite them, I go, with this, how are you going to treat people differently with this knowledge? And he goes, I have had, I've just had this wake up that I'm the ringleader in bullying this poor kid. And he said the kid's name and the circle just all laughed. And he goes, I can't imagine what it's like for him to go home every day mm-hmm. after being here at school. And he goes, I can't understand how he can have the courage to keep coming to school is the way that we hammer him. And I was like, wow. He goes, I'm stopping it. I'm going to call people out on it. That and this, awesome. this was like the ringleader. Mm. And the teacher, like a couple of weeks later, said, oh, my God, it's changed. You should see this fella. And the guy that they were bullying totally changed his life for that time. I'm not sure how they're going now. But at the end of the program, that same boy, he said, look, fellas, this is the sort of bloke I want to be, and I want you guys to hold me to account to it. And we're not making him do anything. So we're not teaching him and telling him how to be. They work it out themselves. What sort of fellow do you want to be? And he goes, I react, I get quite violent, and I don't have a gap between my response. I want to create a gap. That is so cool. So he says, if you see me about to punch someone, you take me away and say, let it go, bro. And heard back from the youth worker, he goes, it's happening. He hasn't been suspended all term. That was the term after. And he said his mates will pull him away and he'll go have a breather. What a fantastic yeah. story. That is awesome, Mike. So that's, yeah. The other thing that we open them up to is the power of them understanding their own gifts and talents. So everyone's born with their own gifts and talents. They're not the same as each other. And we buddy them up and they start to see that and tell each other all those wonderful things about each other. And at the very end, we have an honouring ceremony where they honour their buddy mm. and for their qualities and the things they've seen and the things they've shared which is really quite emotional. But you get these boys, instead of having this sledging and knocking down, which is part of our culture, they start to step into, wow, this is sort of like I want to be. I want to let people know the wonderful things I see in them. So that's a massive shift as well. What a shift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, Mark, um, you mentioned your book. Is it still available? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how can people buy it? I'm not sure. (laughs) You used to have some copies in your in Southside yeah, Physio. Um, it's on all the online um, bookstores, or, okay. you know, from your Amazon books and all your it's your normal outlets. Tell, um, tell us again what it was called. It's called How a Boy Becomes a Man: Planning a Rite of Passage to Manhood. And yeah. a lot of the things we've talked about is actually in the book. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all it is is um, I just had this great urgency to get it out there because I was like, wow, if we could just bring simple processes in 
and get people having conversations in community, then they can create, you know, this this transition for boys of helping them move from being cared for, being the baby, to stepping into making their own responsibilities. So to and to help them with that. And if you look around the world, like um, First Nations people here in Australia to Native Americans, to Africa, to Eskimos. They all did the same thing. Yeah, they all have it in them. They said, we have to help our young boys become young men. And that means, like the community, um, acknowledging that they have to go. So the mums would get a tap on the shoulder and they would be really upset because they knew their little boy was going. And the, the mothers would be supported and the fathers and the uncles would take the boys. And I always tell the boys about that in their programs. I go, you're at that age that we'd be taking you down to Tidimbilla mm. and you wouldn't be coming back until you were ready mm. and you'd be challenged and we would share wisdom with you about, you know, the challenges in your life you experienced so far and how yeah. your responsibilities step into your gifts, your talents and of service. And then they'd be welcomed back into community as young men and they would be continued and fostered to build those, those skills of, yeah, of taking responsibility for themselves. So that missing link, yeah, that's what the book's about, like to just get those conversations going. There are providers that do this sort of stuff, but I, I really feel like if you can get groups of friends, parents that have boys the same age, go, hey, dads, let's take them away. Let's share some stories about what it was like when we were their age. And some of the fathers have never shared some of that stuff with each other. And that's, yeah, really rich learning for the young fellas to go, oh, I thought I was the only bloke who felt like that mm. or thought like that. Oh, okay. And then creating new um, mentoring opportunities through friends of the family, yeah. family, which is ongoing, yeah. someone they can go and have a different conversation with. I don't know, you see a lot of people where this hasn't happened and I feel like a lot of us feel like there's something missing. Um, and, I mean, and to bring it back on Men's Link, that is really what you are offering. On, that's right. Which is yeah. fantastic. And yeah. So I'm aware of we're running into time. So um, <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, yeah. Mark, it's been a, a very wonderful chat. Is there anything you want to say in a final comment or um, is there anything we have forgotten? No, I, I think that's it. I just, um, I just feel really proud to be part of Men's Link, um, part of this community, and I've just got so much gratitude. Like being part of Men's Link, um, and seeing the work that people like yourself do, Bianca, and all the walkers, people that support us, I feel really supported by the Canberra community and I'm really excited about the ongoing work we can do together. That is the thing, that it creates a community. That's and, right. And, yeah. and uh, that is also what Men's Link is doing. They're making groups of men, but really in the fundraising, it creates a greater community, which yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming. I really enjoyed this chat. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, uh, take care. Thanks, mate. See ya. See you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. As always, the editing and production is done by the wonderful Miles Wigley. And the music that you'll be hearing is written by Steve Appel. He also calls himself King Curly. And it's worthwhile looking up his beautiful music that he makes. Thanks again. I hope you've enjoyed today. And as always, stay well, move well, and be well. Farewell. 
thanks so much to Biana for sitting down and having a chat with Mark. And what a fantastic chat it was. As we said at the top of the show, Biana and Mark talked about our Pride program and our upcoming Unplugged program. So a reminder that Pride is now called Tribe. And it's all about guiding young fellas on their journey to manhood through trust, resilience, independence, bravery, and empathy. And so Tribe is an experiential eight-week program for students where there's only a maximum of 12 participants in the group. And those participants are people who have been identified as having influence as leaders within their respective peer groups in their school community. So upon graduation, we aim for these young men to be inspired and motivated to share their learnings with peers and those at younger year levels. So thereby building a school tribe that is more inclusive, supportive, and accountable. Plus, as you heard, our new program for 2024 is Men's Link Unplugged. Unplug to connect. Men's Link Unplugged is a one-hour program that helps young men identify where their consumption of social media and other technology may be affecting their values and decision-making and, of course, their mental health. We challenge the boys to question the time, the content, and the impact of social media and technology on their own lives. And we do that by highlighting some of the key trends that are currently influencing our young men, such as TikTok and YouTube, Instagram, video games, numerous influencers, etc. And we create a deeper awareness where boys are inspired to challenge and question the content and the quantity of what they consume while inspiring them to take charge of their lives through conscious choice. So, If you are interested in learning more about Tribe or Unplugged, please visit menslink.org.au. And a reminder that Viking Talks is also a great podcast whose general theme is wellness. Biana's goal is to increase public knowledge related to wellness so that everyone can live longer and happier lives. And it covers some amazing topics. And so we'd encourage you to check it out. And you can find it on the Southside Physio website at southsidephysio.com.au or search for Viking Talks in your favorite podcast app. We'd encourage you to have a listen and support Biana's show because not only is it a great initiative on its own, but Biana is such an amazing supporter of Men's Link and that helps us make an impact in the community. So please make an effort and support Biana. A reminder that if you are a young guy who is looking for some support, you know someone who is or you are a school, please head to menslink.org.au to find out more about how we can help. However, if you need help after hours, please get in contact with Lifeline on 13 11 14 or visit lifeline.org.au we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you at one of our men's link midweekers in 2024 or have you join us for another episode of this podcast 